Welcome everyone to Bergan Freak. This is episode 351, and I'm here with one of my favourite Penrith Panthers fans of all time. It is the lovely Nadine. Hello, Nadine. Hello, how are you? I'm pretty good now. Huge injury news. Uh, calf injury, 9 to 12 weeks. How are you going to cope? <laughs> Very slowly at this stage. Um, yes. Not not impressed that I have managed to sustain a calf injury on the eve of grand final. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no, I'll, I'll be right for season 2022, though. Excellent. <laughs> Will you be good for the pre-season? We cancelled the World Cup, so you'd be right for next season. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll be uh, fresh as a daisy for pre-season. Excellent. Excellent. I'll be cheering the boys on from the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> so our team... We're both Panthers fans. Our team has made the grand final for the second straight year. How have you felt about it this time around? Like, to me, it feels a lot different to last year, but it's hard to explain why it's different. Yeah, um, I'm wondering whether the lockdown um, is (laughs) playing into that. I definitely agree that there's a a different vibe. Um, I'm not as nervous as last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be the, you know, lose one to win one mentality or at least be in one, um, you know, knowing what the pain of losing it uh, is doing in terms of fueling. But, yeah, there's definitely a different a different vibe about it. And, I, we, yeah, it is hard to put your finger on it, definitely. And, yeah, and, I, like, it's weird because it wasn't that long ago they literally said you had to lose a grand final to win a grand final. And that kind of went away a little bit in the salary cap era. But I think for, because we've got such a young team um, it, and it's the youngest team in the competition still, I, I think that that experience they went through last year and the way that they started the game so poorly last year, I think that that's going to be something they can really take into this match. And, you know, they can think to themselves like, Oh, if we don't give up 12 points from penalties, we're ahead of where we would be than we were last year. You know what I mean? Correct. And I think, you know, they'll take a lot out of having to do things the hard way mm-hmm. um, in terms of obviously having to play every week. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around will they be battle-hardened versus will they have enough in the tank mm. to sustain them uh, given that, you know, South have essentially played one less game, but um, yeah, t- time will tell. It's been really fascinating reading some of the actual grand final lead up uh, media this week, um, as mm-hmm. opposed to some of the beat up journalism, but you know, there's been a lot of talk around, what the preseason looked like for Penrith off the back of uh, that loss. And, you know, they were talking about James Fisher-Harris in particular, you know, essentially was of his own volition back training, using the the gym at the Panthers Academy the week after, you know, Mm. basically gave himself a week to lick his wounds, feel sorry for himself, you know, and, and then he was back in it and, you know, slowly but surely, before pre-season had technically begun, the entire squad was, you know, in the gym every day doing something, um, you know, together. And I think that speaks volumes for the lessons they learned and the pain that they felt from that loss. Yeah. um, And a desire to obviously want to do better 
Um, so, yeah, that that's something to look at. You know, a bit nervous about um, the Benji factor. Mm-hmm. I really love Benji, and if I think if South were playing anybody else, you'd be wanting it for Benji. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he's just got that ability to to turn it on when he needs to. Um, so that that concerns me more than almost anybody else, to be fair, in that South team. Yeah, there's a. I think that that's one thing after their win last week, South win over Manly last week, and you could see them really come together and celebrate that they'd got into the grand final. And you could see there was – it kind of hit me that there was so much within the grand final now for them. You know, it's Wayne Bennett's mm. last game in charge. Benji's probably his last game playing in the NRL, although I hope he plays next year. Um, Adam Reynolds leaving. You know, it could be their last shot at this – and it could be the end of their window closing. And but like it just all of a sudden it went from South are going to be pretty happy to make the grand final to, oh, this is a massive, massive uh, moment in this club's history. And it's not to be underestimated. Mm, no, absolutely. Um, I think the fact that, you know, Russell Crowe's also digging out the old bell. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was very, that's very interesting. Because, you know, when they made the grand final in 2014 and it seemed like that was something that it was such a momentous occasion for them because it had been so long since they'd been in a grand final that the bell was a one-off. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, is it now just a gimmick? It's coming out every time you make a grand final. <laughs> I, I I don't quite know how to take this. Um, do I care that it's there? No. Um, do I wish that the big bell that we used to have at Panthers Stadium was somehow being hoisted um, over the top of Lang Park with, I don't know, Roy Simmons ceremoniously gonging it to signal the Panthers running out? Hell yes, I do. <laughs> um, but, you know, all these people who are up in arms about this bell being rung and carrying so on. Weird. Just what? Why? Who cares? People saying like it's, you know, we're the higher ranked team, so it's our home game and they shouldn't be allowed to ring the bell. It's like, dude, it's a bell. It's also <laughs> nobody's home game. Yeah. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> I, I, I think it all plays into the uh, general miserableness of Twitter at times where oh. everyone's just got a reason to be unhappy about something. It's like, can we calm down? I know. I actually Outrage like culture. it. I like that they're pulling out the bell. I know in the grand final it was Bob McCarthy rang the first one in uh in 2014 when they were in that grand final and now this time it's going to be Isaac Luke. But there was mm. some news today that come out that they will cap the crowd in Brisbane at 39,000 because of a massive COVID outbreak. I think six people have COVID in Brisbane. And so, you know, obviously we've got to limit freedoms. And there's a little bit of talk going around that they would look to possibly postpone the grand final if the outbreak, for whatever reason, spiked immediately. Um, I don't think that they'll do that, though. I, I think that they'll forge ahead. Yeah, obviously, from what what's being reported, that the postponement would be an absolute, you know, last-case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, the NRL, though, does not want to be playing 
in an empty stadium. Mm. Um, they've made that clear from day dot. Um, I think the sad thing at the moment is that the backup plan to Suncorp is Townsville, and Townsville's got their own issues at the moment with regards to some COVID cases and the like. So, um, yeah, you know, Volandis has said that they're looking at all possible scenarios. They've got all of these contingencies in play that they can pull the trigger on, but, you know, they're obviously wanting to have a definitive way forward tomorrow, given that the game is on Sunday. And if they mm -hmm. do need to move things, um, they don't want to be doing that too late in the piece, you know, obviously out of fairness for fans, players, um, you know, commercial partners, sponsors and the like. Yeah, it makes me wonder when does it become unfair to the teams? Like, you know, if they got a warning on Friday that say, and I'm just tossing this up, but say the game had been moved back to Sydney at, at Stadium Australia at Homebush and there'd been some deal worked out. And as we were talking about before the podcast, it, it was a deal where you had to show you were double vaccinated to attend the grand final or something like that. If you, if you, the, both teams got a warning that that was happening Friday morning, is that enough time for them? Or is it, is it unfair at that point? Saturday, it's definitely unfair. It's mm. too late. Um, and, and I would suggest that then you're starting to look at postponing a, a week. Although it has to be said, does the grand final need to be on a Sunday? Like if they, if say they postponed it to a Wednesday, do we lose well, anything? Do you really like? Yeah, more, more technically no, I suppose, yeah. because you play State of Origin on a Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah. Um, having said that, you would you minimising your exposure True. rather than maximising it. Obviously, the reason why the NRL swooped in on holding it uh, over the long weekend when this was up for grabs post the Olympics um, was to maximise the exposure. Yeah. Um, and the fact that everybody, well, not everybody, but the eastern states at least have a public holiday on Monday. So um, because for the longest time, this weekend was earmarked for the Bathurst 1000 mm -hmm. and then scheduling because of the Olympics changed all of that. All bets were off. And so um, post the 2000 Olympic buzz, the uh, NRL were very, very quick to come in and say, that's the weekend that we will be holding our grand final. And that's why the Bathurst weekend ended up being pushed back two or three, two weeks. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of history for people who weren't aware of, why um, the Bathurst 1000 ended up moving from its traditional October long weekend date. Um, I think that, yeah, if they're going to move it, they need to tell teams tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day. It's either yeah. it's sink or swim. So, it, you know, if it's going to Townsville, then they need to tell them tomorrow. Like, you know, Brisbane to Townsville is not a short flight. Um, and not if you are also nursing players through injuries you know, sitting on a plane for any period of time, you know, or even a, you know, a bus coming from the Sunshine Coast. I mean, mm -hmm. it's only a couple of hours, but, well, not even, but, you know, that's just all extra things you've got to worry about, you know. Adam Reynolds has got his groin injury, you know, sitting on a plane for that long, what's the extra rehab that he needs to do once he gets off that plane? And, you know, Dylan Edwards and 
and Brian Toto with, you know, their foot and ankle injuries, what additional rehab will they need to do, you know, if they're sitting on a plane for, for that period of time and, you know, so on and so forth across both squads. Um, yeah, fa- really fascinating. Fascinating. Really? And, look, the, the consensus from Twitter, um, if you like using that as a gauge for what's taking place, <laughs> is that if the grand final was not scheduled for this weekend, Queensland or at least southeast Queensland would be in complete lockdown right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen that said a few times, mm. and and I feel like if the grand final is put back a week, and I really don't think it will be, but if it is, I think they would look to move the game to Sydney, and I might be wrong about that. They might even look to play the game in somewhere like Auckland or somewhere weird, but just get the game played in front of fans. Mm. And it would be strange for South because they would have had the week off, play Manly, and then another week off. Mm. You've got to wonder how they would enjoy that. I think it would be good for Adam Reynolds. Uh, For Penrith, they'd have had two games in a row, then the week off ahead of the grand final. I think that they'd be pretty happy with that as well. But, you know, I just hope it all goes ahead. There's 39,000 fans there. Um, it's still going to be a really good atmosphere in that stadium with 39,000 fans, mm, which is great. Cool. So, yeah, so um, – and, look, 39,000 fans would be much bigger than they got for the two semi-final games, and the atmosphere for those games I thought was all right. Yeah, look, it wasn't too bad. I – you know, it sounded quite loud. Mm. I don't know if they were using artificial noise or not still, but um, I heard some snippets of Paul Kent blowing up Deluxe on the radio on the weekend um, Mm -hmm. about the poor crowd attendance um, over the final series. And basically it was more about rubbishing claims that, you know, Queensland is rugby league heartland and that they love their rugby league and so on and so forth when the stadium wasn't even full for, Mm. you know, a, a preliminary final. So how much do they actually love it? Um, I actually think they still had some capacity issues last week, though. I'm positive that they weren't able to have it as a sellout, but I could be mistaken. It's also such a weird time, too. Like, you know, there's so much going on and and you've got so many restrictions on all sorts of things and I know it's different up there in Queensland but you know it's it's not business as usual up in Queensland mm. that's for sure and I no, can see I can see where if you're a, a a Queensland rugby league supporter where you've thought to yourself look I can pay my ticket and there is the possibility I won't be able to go still or I can just watch it at home and it's still you know fantastic to watch at home and especially when you consider that no Queensland teams were in the semifinals as well. Mm. Um, I just, I don't know. I think it, it's not the time for a criticism like that. But having said that, you know, if if Paul Kent isn't criticising the game of rugby league or people within it, then is he saying anything? Because that's all he does. He's just a, a fucking miserable idiot. Miserable little gnome. That yeah. I, I can't believe people would get to this point of the season. I have never got to this point of the season and not been excited for a grand final and been looking forward to the game. And there's just miserable people. And I don't get it because it's not part of my makeup. 
Yeah, I just I, I do not understand why. Sorry, I do understand. I, I very much do understand, hmm. but I don't understand why we can't focus on the good news stories. And I know, like you guys have spoken about this so often on almost every second episode of the podcast where, you know, why can't our journalists focus on giving us good stories, not reporting what another one of their mates has said, you know, not nitpicking about something that somebody has put on Twitter and blowing it out of proportion, you know, without any quotes or backup, like just actually report fact, do some analysis this is where we think the game will be won and lost. These are the key players. You know, obviously today there was um, a bit of a, you know, drive-by, um, not in that context, uh, <laughs> past Luai's house. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a bit of a show of support for the boys, you know, from Mount Druitt and, you know, cars honking horns and panther streamers and balloons everywhere. And that's a great news story. And, you know, I know that, they interviewed, I'm pretty sure it was Channel 10 um, that I saw some vision from. They were speaking with Luai's mother and, you know, that's the stuff that you want to see, you know, mm. in the lead up to, you know, the first few days you want some fluff pieces, this kind of stuff. From tomorrow I'd like to start seeing more analysis, you know, this is this, this is this. But even the sensationalising around, you know, will this person play, will they won't play, groin this, shoulder that you know, ankle this, blah, blah. Oh, my goodness me. It's exhausting. It really is. And, <laughs> and But I think the good thing is, and I don't know if you feel the same way, like I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> like I think back to all of the seasons we were terrible and if somebody said, oh, look, you're going to make two grand finals back to back, I just am like – I couldn't believe it when we beat the storm. I was just so excited mm. and nothing's killing my buzz. I, I just think it's weird that people are so miserable and I'm kind of looking at it thinking, man, they're missing out. Cause this feels great. Um, like I'd like to know when the tables, again, I know the answer to this question, mm-hmm. but it's okay. I'll put it out there. Okay. Um, I'd like to know or understand more why Penrith have become so hated. Yeah. Now, obviously, a trigger point was Ivan moving from the Tigers back to Penrith. Yeah. And I understand that's a catalyst for a lot of things. And then you throw in some of the um, distasteful situations that have occurred with videos and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um I just don't get what it, what's happening for Penrith to be the subject of such vitriol other than being successful. Yeah. You know, I, and there was all the, the arrogance crap um, at the beginning of this year when we broke the Raiders for the we year. We broke their soul and we owned them. them, yes, yes. Um, you know, so that, you know, that started it, but it feels like it's just snowballed from there. I mean, how dare a team be so you know, heaven forbid, cocky um, in their own abilities, um, you know, and how dare they, you know, bend the rules into, you know, what works for them when every other team also bends the rules into what works for them. You know, they're all playing within 
the same grey areas. Um, yeah, so I'm just I'm genuinely fascinated. I wonder if part of it is the way that they do win some games in terms of like you you look at that Raiders game and we went to that game and mm. they completely I mean they just took the soul out of the Raiders' chest and that was it the Raiders were finished. Um, and then you've got like I say a team like Parramatta who they just strangle they just strangle the life out of Parramatta whenever we play them and. You know, if you're a if you're a fan of say the Parramatta Eels, it, it's got to be frustrating to watch that happen to your club. And I don't know, maybe that manifests itself in like ill feelings towards the Panthers. Because I can imagine if if that was happening to the Panthers, you'd be like, oh man, this sucks, you know. <laughs> um, and that's the only thing I can think of because. It is weird that people would be like, oh, look at these bastards winning games and being happy. Like, what do they expect them to be like? Yeah, it's just, it, as I said, it, it genuinely, I'm, I'm really fascinated. And, and, you know, as I was saying, uh, well, we were discussing before we started recording, um, you know, sometimes I think what Penrith fans, um, potentially some of the Panthers staff, um, need to also start realising is people throw mud when they can't do anything else. You know, yeah. so for a long time it was, oh, Melbourne's getting away with murder and wrestling this and chicken wing that and slowing the ruck down here and, oh, mm. look, the roosters and the salary cap sombrero. I mean, God, how long has that been the running joke? And I think the fact that it's now about, oh, Penrith are mastering the dark arts of how to manipulate potentially mm. the HIA or mm. trainers on the field or whatever. Take it as a compliment, like, with both hands and run with it because it's not going to get any better than that. <laughs> like, no. Really? And, and, like, there's, there's part of me that, and I said this to to Andrew in the last podcast, where in in 2003 we sort of went from wooden spooners to premiership winner in two years, mm. and then we kind of disappeared pretty quick. Two years later, it was kind of all over after the premiership win, mm. um, and so we weren't around long enough to be good enough for people to you know get pissy at us. We kind of were the plucky champions that come out of nowhere and then just went. Um, this time around, this team's a little bit different because it's much younger. They've, you know, they've won so many. I mean, we've won more games in two seasons, even one of them being shorter than we've ever won in two seasons back to back in our whole history. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's a little bit different this time around. And you know, our best player is young. Yeah, probably, you know, our, in our top ten, I'd say seven of them are less are younger than twenty five, which mm. is crazy. Um, and I I think that maybe there's a feeling of like you know, this team's going to be like this for a while and there's a lot of local juniors there and a lot of them are signed up for many years to come. And yeah. so there's maybe something there of like, uh, I don't like this. They're allowed to win, you know, or allowed to be good a couple of years, but not this long, you know. Yeah, it's like, you know, they shouldn't, Penrith shouldn't be allowed to have this level of sustained success. Yeah. Um. Yeah, was it? Did I read correctly that fifteen of the eighteen in the squad are local juniors? I I haven't read that one. Is that the case? Is it? 
I'm pretty sure it's 15 of the 18. Um, I have seen it. And so Sorensen, Capewell, Luai, uh, sorry, not Luai, uh, Coruscant. Yeah. And I can't think of who. Uh, yeah, that's 15, 16, 17. Yeah, they're the, I'm pretty sure they're the only three who didn't come through. Through our junior system. Through the junior system. Yeah, that's insane. That's it's, that's it's either it's either fifteen of the eighteen or fourteen of the eighteen, but there's definitely not even a, a handful of players who have essentially been signed into that group. Momorowski. Momorowski is the other one, so it must be fourteen then. Yeah. Isn't uh, that crazy? That is in that's insane. Oh, uh, and he, he's late to the party. Um, and he's not well. He's not there because he's injured. I was going to say Davida Pango Jr. Who come to our club. I mean, I wish he could stay. I know. Because I wish he, he could even play this weekend. I know. He, he's just come to the club. I think it's been good for him. I think it's been good for the club. Um, and he just he fit right in, and there was it was just no adjustment period. He just went straight in, and he he was great for us. And I felt so sorry that he got injured and won't be able to play in the grand final because he really deserved it. Yeah, I I agree. He's been so good, so good ridiculous but yeah. um yeah so that's you know fun times ahead we're, we, we're just amazing um <laughs> now you okay, sent sum up the last 15 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you're not a panthers fan you shouldn't be listening at this point i'm sorry <laughs> um now you sent a thing to myself and andrew earlier today and yes. it was who's going to be the first try scorer who's going to win the grand final and who is going to be the clive churchill medalist I won't say who my picks are, right? But who are your picks? Well, they they could go to Fergo on the Freak Instagram and see who you oh. chose. Oh shit! I didn't realise my ch- my choices were public. Yes. Holy crap! There we go. I I did put that full disclosure. You didn't yeah. read my message properly because I said I will post this on the podcast Instagram. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I must have been thinking about what I was going to have for bloody dinner at that point or something. <laughs> really important. Um, okay. Well, yeah, go to go to Fergo and the Freak Pod <laughs> on Instagram and just see see what we pick. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, I haven't put mine up yet, but I, I will release this information now. Um, and I don't think it's going to be revolutionary. I do actually am putting my money where my mouth is because I do have um, this bet on okay. as well. Um, so I have got To'o as first try scorer. Clearly, mm-hmm. I have the Panthers uh, and Cleary as the Clive Churchill. However, a bit of value, Isaiah Yo. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree. I think he's, he's great. He's at the moment, um, or the sorry, I'm not going to say at the moment, but when I last looked at uh, the betting agency I use. Um, he was paying $13, which I thought was very good odds. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. And, and I like, I always think with the Clive Churchill medalist, they like it to be a name, but every so often it'll be just somebody that they, like footballers like. It, it, I don't know how to explain it. Or it's from the opposing team that loses. Oh, it better not be. It better not well, be. I don't know if you I don't know if you heard this through the week. So here's a conspiracy theory laying in wait. Okay. 
um, is it uh, what's her name that gives the medal out? Is it June? Uh, Joyce? Joyce. Joyce. Yeah. yeah. I knew it started with J. Sorry, it's very yeah. disrespectful. Um, she has said, "Oh, I'd really like someone from South to win it." Mm-hmm. So, watch this space if Penrith win or when Penrith win, and the Clive Churchill goes to someone from South. Just. <laughs> Imagine if she just got up and just decided to name someone herself. Oh, that's so gangster. That would actually be okay. That would, yeah, I'd be, I'd be like, I can't even be mad at that. <laughs> She's earned that right. <laughs> she goes, and the winner of the Clive Churchill medal is Latrell Mitchell. <laughs> Isaac Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it'd be great. That'd be mad. Oh, balling. That'd be great. Yeah, so that's my my official pick, though, is To'o Panthers Cleary. Okay. I, I, I like that pick, and I like the other one as well. I think that mm. if Penrith win it, it would be really hard to not give it to Cleary. Uh, someone's going to have to play a blinder of a game um, because, I, you know, I always think back when Breck Morley won it for the Storm and it dead set should have been to wear a nick out that got it. Like, <laughs> yeah. he played like a man possessed. I actually was tweeting about that today, like the best uh, individual grand final performances you've ever seen. And he's like, it's it was him and Luke Prittis for me that mm. stood out. And, yeah, they gave it to, they gave to wear a nick out's Clive Churchill medal mm-hmm. to Breck Morley. It was disgraceful. Yes. Well, you know, it happens yeah, every now and again. There's just some clangers of decisions. It um, really is. Yes. And so what do you think will be uh, South's attacking plays? Like where do you think that they will try to target? Well, the, like they've their left-hand side's great. And I just think that that will be where they go all game. Um, I also from, think that... From memory, mm. when Penrith and South met in week one, mm-hmm. was Charlie Staines playing? That's a good question. I, I can't remember that. I, I, You know who I think it was? I think it was Naden was in the side. Um, and, and they, look, they... Their defence over that, the Panthers' defence on that side of the field was all right at times, but, it, like, they just didn't play well overall. Um, I, You know, the other thing that I think Penrith are vulnerable with is if you kick across field and you can drop that ball just down on top of the centre's head, I, I think that that's an area where you can get Penrith as well. Mm. Um, there's There's been some thought that you can get them through the middle of the field with a, f- a few sort of funny little plays, but I-, I don't like the idea of going through this Penrith defence. I think you've got to so- kind of go around them or go over the top of them because mm. they'll tackle all day. Like the forwards are ridiculous. They'll tackle all day. Yeah, so I've just uh, brought up the team sheet for that uh, finals week one game. Yeah. And that was the game where Edwards didn't play. And so Crichton moved to fullback and Staines was on the wing. So, okay. you know, they not. I don't think South will be able to take much out of some of those tries mm. um, and some of the defensive lapses because Staines is not – he's still developing as a player and physically he's still developing. Um, so it'll be a, f- a far stronger defensive effort. And we obviously saw that in the last two weeks that yeah. 
the Panthers' defensive abilities was was just amazing. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be really fascinating. And on the weekend, talking about the Panthers' forwards, I mean, Capewell and Sorensen were machines. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I know it's been spoken about a lot, but that tackle that Sorensen made on Jerome Hughes. Yeah. to essentially stop a try because Jerome Hughes was going to score for all money. Mm-hmm. But for the fact that Sorensen just came from nowhere, like the other side of the field, yeah, um, yeah, he was huge, severely underrated, I think, as as a player. Um, and finally people are seeing it. So, And you think about where he started the beginning of this year, which was mm-hmm. without a contract, mm-hmm. and now he gets to play in a grand final. So... Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be going to be really interesting. I think they'll target. Um, they'll try to target Toto. Well, people do that, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, yeah, that, it hasn't really worked. Like I know in that first that first finals game against Souths, they did pretty well to slow him down in terms of his run meters, but uh, he targeted from injury too soon though. Yeah, that, it, that's the other thing. But, like, targeting him has not worked yet. It's like try, trying to target Josh Adokar. Like, that, that it's just a bad idea. Mm. Yes, yeah, so it'll be, you know, very, very interesting um, just to see how South's changed their attacking play. Yeah. Um, for me, the biggest thing is just keeping your eye on, well, Reynolds is probably not going to have the long kicking game that he usually does, given his groin injury. But mm-hmm. he's super wily around those 40-20 kicks. Um, yeah. And so Panthers will have to absolutely be, you know, on top of that, especially given the laps that Edwards had last week um, when Brandon Smith kicked the 20-40 because he just had no idea about where Brandon Smith was on the field and what that was doing in relation to where he was allowing that kick to essentially go into touch. Um, Should we give people an insight into the breakdowns we have over Dylan Edwards every single week? (laughs) 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 Like literal breakdowns. Every week. Every fucking week. (laughs) And if it's not him, it's kick out. (laughs) Oh, shit. And then we death ride the crap out of them and then they do something amazing. So we shall not be stopping that practice. Yeah, it will continue. <laughs> Have there been things that you did last year that, and like obviously things like leaving the house, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> leaving the house without a mask on stuff like that. But has there been anything you did last year that you have not done this year, person, but uh, on purpose? Um, no. Oh, I shouldn't say no, but there's nothing that's coming to mind. I feel like I'm not I don't know whether it's on purpose. I don't feel like I'm caught up in hysteria mm-hmm. the way that I was last year. And that could be because well we can't go anywhere. So who am I getting hysterical with? <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, you know, this time last year, you know, well, a bit sooner, it was we were we decorated the gym and, you know, mm-hmm. we had news crews at the gym every day wanting to interview Mark and talk about the Panthers and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was literally every day a different news mm. crew, a different radio crew, live crosses, whatever. 
So I think that fed into that hysteria vibe. Um, yeah. I've not really felt that this year and I don't, yeah, I think it's just a result of not going anywhere and mm-hmm. not really being allowed to go anywhere. Um, I'm wearing my Panthers mask this week. So I have okay. um, cloth masks that I rotate every week yeah. um, rather than using those stupid surgical masks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this week the Panthers mask is in rotation, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but, yeah, there's nothing that I've not done. That, I've, you know, I've worn Panthers gear every day, though. Okay. So Whether it be a mask or a jumper or a shirt or something. But I yeah. didn't, and so I didn't do that last year. See, the only thing I haven't done is get the grand final uh, T-shirt, you know, the one that's like, you're in oh, the grand yeah. final. I didn't get that this year. I got it last year. Um, I didn't get that this okay. year. Okay. All right. So, all right. That's made me think. Last year, I bought every shirt for my daughter. Yeah. You know, minor premiers, finalists, grand finalists, you know, whatever. Bought her everything. This year, bought her nothing except the grand final tea. Okay. Okay. I'm so, like, yeah. I'm not, and she was like, oh, can I get that? I was like, no, I'm not buying that this year. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. buying that this year. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I was just like, I don't even think I looked at it for that long. Oh, I think I was still jumping up and down like a maniac when I saw <laughs> the announcement that they had gone on sale. And I feel like I was still, well, I wasn't, I don't feel, I was still in that post-win hysterica. Yeah. Um, moment and just bought it. Like it took me about 35 seconds to just go, yep, 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 pay. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and then I was like, oh, I hope I ordered the right size. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your what are your plans for grand final day? Like have you got something set out where, you know, you're, are you going to have a barbecue at home or are you going to – Yeah? Yeah, so we'll do um, – We'll do like pancake breakfast mm-hmm. um, and then potter around the house. Well, the plan was to potter around the house. I won't be pottering anywhere <laughs> given my injury. So Have I you got some be... crutches? No. <laughs> I will just be lying down, <laughs> um, resting. Um, I bought um, my husband for Father's Day a Wham Bam new um, pellet smoker. Ah, yes, yes. And that shall be getting christened on grand final day. So he's been away for work for the last um, couple of months. So I have really resisted temptation to use it when he's not been here. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, that will be getting christened on Sunday. Um, Probably not with anything too fancy, like not a brisket or, you know, pork butt or anything like that. We might just do maybe some tomahawks, Mm -hmm. something like that, baked potatoes corn on the cob, that kind of, that kind of gear. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's about it. It's just, it's such a shame that we can't have people over. We can't go anywhere to watch it. Mm. I did seriously consider um, renting an external, like an outdoor projector set up situation and going to a park. Oh, wow. (laughs) And if people happen to just show up that I happen to know and happen to just (laughs) sit in other areas, well, so be it. (laughs) Um, having gone through public health orders with a fine tooth comb, uh, I don't think I would get that. um, I I wouldn't get away with that, frankly. Yeah. I've heard on the side of caution. (laughs) Part of me hopes that, and obviously 
like you want the Panthers to win, right? But part of me hopes that there's a grand final one on Sunday, right? And everyone just says, fuck everything. We're <laughs> going to celebrate and there's not enough police on the fucking planet to stop all these people going and celebrating. That, Like, I know that's wrong. I know that makes me a monster and stuff, but... Damn, that would be cool. I know. It would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, no, look, it is – it is. it's so sad. This is what my daughter keeps saying to everybody. She, you know, she's like, this will be the year we win because we can't go. <laughs> and we have been to every grand final since 2012, irrespective yeah. of who's been in it. Like, we just – you know, and you, I know you know this, we just love footy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and we will be there at gates open – and we'll do the whole experience. <laughs> like, mm, mm. And it doesn't matter if it's 37 degrees. We will be there the entire bloody day. And we will watch every grade and we will do everything. Um, and so it's actually really sad that we're not going and it's not by choice. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've got friends who for the last three weeks we've been trying to figure out how do we get into Queensland? And it's like do we say that we're leaving abusive relationships not to make light of that situation? Um, You know, but how can we flee into Queensland, you know? And I was like, God damn. (laughs) So um, legitimate questions though. how could we flee into Queensland? I don't know if anybody really wants to get into Queensland right now, but. Well, I've, I've had this conversation a couple of times this week where, you would have – there's two things you'd have to do. Number one, you'd have to have someone in Queensland to buy tickets for you, right? Correct. And then and then number two, you would have to go thinking, I, I'm willing to get fined five grand. But the way that I would think about it is that if you, if you crossed but you didn't cross on the coast, like I think you would almost be – you'd almost have to go to the border – and walk over the border somewhere and get picked up by somebody that knew you in Queensland, right? And then you would have to leave all of your devices at home. You couldn't have any devices on you. Mm. And then you, none of you could talk about it until like probably eight months oh, from now. Fight club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be like Fight Club. Um, I do know of somebody who yes. last lockdown not this current situation mm-hmm. was seriously considering and when i say seriously considering i'm talking was like days away mm. from doing what you just said yeah just literally backpack walk across the border because you could do that like when yeah. i was holidaying on the far north coast earlier this year when the border was closed um we did walk across the border mm-hmm. to cool and beach got a coffee had a coffee, walked back. Nobody yeah. stopped us. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I know of somebody who genuinely that was what they were going to do. So they live in Queensland, had come to Sydney for a funeral and Christmas and, and some other things, um, mm-hmm. but was being told they weren't allowed to go back without quarantining or there, there was something going on, um, yeah. and that's how they were going to get around it exactly that scenario of just yeah. oh I'm just gonna walk across and go to the beach and then stroll on up and oh someone's picking me up and off they go. <laughs> I I just I don't understand the people it's very that are Mexican going. cartel. <laughs> yeah. It's I just don't understand the people that are trying to get over the border on the main roads. It's like 
seriously drive 10 minutes up the road as you know this is a border that is so long that mm. you know i mean look there's there's a whole range of stories from last lockdown um about farmers opening up random cattle gates on their you know in their farms mm. which just happened to straddle you know, Queensland, New South Wales, and people mm-hmm. were getting through that way. You know, if people really want to cross, they'll cross. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a shame that neither neither team can have, you know, probably the, the bulk of their core members mm-hmm. able to attend. Um, and, you know, now you've got the situation where the last 15,000 people to have purchased tickets are going to miss out. And one would suspect that a lot of those 15,000 are probably supporters of both of those teams because they've been waiting to find out, is my team going to make it? Mm -hmm. So that also seems, there's no real fair way to do it. Like I think last in, first out is the fairest way to do it unless you're going to cancel all tickets and start from scratch. Mm -hmm. That seems to suck. (laughs) I mean, it's going to suck anyway, but it really seems to suck. Yeah, I, when I heard that they were they were doing that, it was, you know, I, I kind of I was the same. I was like, man, that's that's the worst. But there's so many things that are happening right now where you just you just got to say, man, it is what it is. What can mm-hmm. you do? You know, it's it's really unfortunate. I feel very sorry for those people, but I, I guess it would be very different if because I think a lot of those those tickets were the late ones that they sold. I guess it's better than if they'd had them for six months, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I but yes. I still feel very sorry for those people. That's got to be – that's rotten. Mm. Now, do you have any big plans on grand final day? I was thinking maybe of just ordering pizza. I know I've <laughs> got to get my – I want to get my um, rum and cola in. I don't know if I will get smashed, but I will. And there's probably going to be a podcast that evening with Andrew. Uh, you're more than welcome to come on if, if you're in any state to come on. I don't know if I would be in a state to come on, win, lose or draw, um, but I'll, I'll do my best to come on the podcast. And yeah, that. but, but I just want to enjoy uh, as much of the day as they're having because obviously the, you know, a lot of the lower grades and stuff aren't being played. And yeah, just just enjoying it. As I said, I'm I'm just loving that we've got a team that's around at this point of the season. And you know, if we lose, it's gonna suck. It'll really suck. But damn, it will. And there's been a lot of talk. Well, hang on, let me strike that. I don't know if there's been a lot of talk. I have heard mm-hmm. of talk, rephrase, of what kind of scarring would another loss do to this team? Yeah. Given they're so young, it could go, I mean, as with anybody, it could go either way. Does it absolutely scar them to the point where they'll never get the monkey off their back? Mm -hmm. Or are they just so young that they go, meh, whatever, we've got another year. Like, you know, they they just because of, you know, that brash attitude. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I have heard some discussion around that. Um. Have you seen on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I know the answer to this, the NRL grand final drinking game? No. <laughs> What's the grand final drinking game? So um, 
you know, I'm not advocating this level of drinking. I will say that up front. Um, Please, you are one of the worst influences on me. You show me food and I immediately I go out and buy it. It's like, (laughs) do you know how many... (laughs) Do you know how many times I've eaten junk because you've been like, look at these these bloody donuts I made in my new donut maker, and I'm like, I need to now eat all the donuts. I did say that this morning to some of my gym buddies on our online class where someone was talking about, oh, I think I've put on so much weight during lockdown and blah, blah. Is there not that terrible enabler that keeps baking things and dropping them <laughs> off to everybody? <laughs> so I bake them and then send them off so that I don't eat them. See, I'm just waiting until lockdown's over because I hope you know that I basically need to spend three months living in your backyard in a tent and just eating like smoked foods and like the all of the the treats that you're making and I just oh, need to. Oh, this eat week all I made. What did I make this week? Uh, gay time brownies. Yes, yeah, oh, you're telling me. Oh man, so good. Um, okay, so the NRL grand final drinking game. Okay, yes. so you do. Uh, you do a drink or a skull, whichever. Yeah. Every time Latrell's suspension is mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Reynolds' last game for South is mentioned. Oh, jeez. Blake Taffer's the most inexperienced player in grand final history is mentioned. Oh, wow. Nathan Cleary's kicking game being the difference. <laughs> <laughs> That's How many right. Panthers are in the team of the year? Yeah. FYI, yeah. six people. We haven't yet covered that off. Um, Rab saying the setting is perfect. The mention of the Dubbo game, the mention of the 50-point rule, <laughs> commentators criticising or saying there should be a six-again call. Ref says to a player, do you want to challenge that? Oh, God. Commentators talking over the bunker explanation. <laughs> um, every time Gus mentions Panthers are on top. Oh, no. Gus tells Panthers fans to hold their breath. <laughs> Gus going on about the bunker. And then you need to take two shots or two skulls if the bunker overturns a try awarded on the field. Oh, wow. There's going to be some dead people if they follow those <laughs> rules. Jeez. <laughs> I always I love said, it. I, I always... beware. <laughs> hey, what's that? I said buyer beware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I always love it when Phil Gould talks about like he knew so-and-so was going to be a really good player. And it's like, yes. yeah, of course, what, the best junior player become the best senior player? Who knew? Um, on the thread um, on Twitter that has that drinking game, people mm. have added their own. So we also extend to a mention of Penrith Juniors, um, yep. the father-son premiership situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, I'm just – there was one more that I saw at the moment. The comments are, um, are you trying to kill us with this? Um, uh, the former beach sprinter. Oh, uh, yes, that's a classic one. Mount Druitt boys. Mount Druitt, I was going to say Mount Druitt boys, yeah. Um, and, yeah, the beach sprinter one was the one that I um, needed to make sure I cut off. Yeah, yeah. Um, Benji's first grand final since 2015. Man, it's going to be rough to see Benji lose. Mate, he's won one. It's okay. Yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Just move on. Apart from Appy, nobody in the Panthers team 
I mean, Momorowski was in the squad for Melbourne last year, but he didn't play. But Appy's the only one that's been part of a grand final winning team. Well, although I would say Momorowski in two straight seasons managed to not play for the West Tigers despite being under contract for them. So I consider that that's a grand a win. final. Yeah. That's that's like it's like winning three straight grand finals. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Now we are talking as though our team is the best team in the league. And it was proven again when we had so many players in the Dallingham team of the year. Um I was surprised Kickout got in that team. Very surprised that Kickout got in that team. I, I could feel you falling off the chair you were sitting on when I tweeted you that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, I was I was beyond shocked that he was even in the top five. To be fair, yeah, yeah. Um, I was also very shocked that he somehow pulled three points in the second last round of the season. And you and I cannot fathom how that happened. Yeah, because like even during that game, we were talking about <laughs> like what his future was at the club. Mm. And that so that was kind of weird. It was so strange. So, mm. um, yeah, I think obviously I think that puts a lot of pressure on Panthers to perform really well. Um, mm. I just I find it I can't even think of the right word, but Matt Burton being named Centre of the Year mm-hmm. to me says everything. And he should have been reneging on his contract with the Bulldogs six months ago, like we were talking about. I tell you what, it is going to be really hard if they, no matter what happens, if they win a premiership, if they don't win it, being in this squad, having the year he's had, being the Daly M centre of the year, which I think was thoroughly deserved him, mm. and Olam were the two best centres all year, I thought. Um it's going to be rough for him to go to the Bulldogs next year. And I know Bulldogs fans are probably thinking, man, like that, you know, fuck you league freak. But it, like it, it is, it's just going to be tough for him. And um, I think it's I, going to be a massive adjustment because, okay, yes, he's grown up. I say grown up in terms of like from, you know, mats and things like that. So from mm-hmm. 14, 15, but grown up playing in the halves. Mm-hmm but has not played in the halves for two seasons effectively. Yeah. Apart from some cameo appearances here and there when there's been injuries or um, rep duties, um, it that's a very steep transition that he will have to go through in pre-season with a hell of a lot of expectation on him and nobody to help support him. And I don't care mm-hmm. what you say about Trent Barrett. He's, people can argue at me until they are blue in the face. But, you know, he might be able to to get something. But there's a lot of expectation on him to produce some results very, very quickly. And he's not been playing in that position for at least 18 months. Yeah, and he's gone from, he's gone from the Panthers being a surprisingly good centre for us. And everything he does, it, it feels like a bonus. To, he's going to the Bulldogs, and he is now the centrepiece of the club who they kind of expecting to build an entire team around. Mm. And, like, he's going to be in a team with, I mean, Josh Adokar's going there, Kotrick is there, Paul Vaughan will be going there. There's going to be some experienced players that aren't halves around him, 
but it's going to all fall on his shoulders at the end of the day. And it is going to be interesting to see how he handles that. And I just hope that he does have that support system around him because it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for a young dude. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, it was, it was interesting though, um, watching the award ceremony, which was a punish, um, but you know, they named To'o as, you know, winger of the year and we couldn't really see him on the stage. And, you know, my daughter's saying, oh, you know, where's Bizar? And, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, Burton's there and blah, blah, blah. And then I, they did a bit of a wider shot and I said, oh, well, obviously all the grand final players, they're trying to keep segregated just mm-hmm. on stage a bit. And I said, oh, my God, Burton stood in the wrong spot. Oh, my God, someone backstage is having a heart attack right now <laughs> and they are trying to figure out how they manage this. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking. Some person backstage is having a meltdown right now because Burton is not standing where he should have been standing. Is there any, has there been anyone more uncomfortable this year than uh, Brandon Smith sitting next to Craig Bellamy? <gasps> Sweating bullets. You know what? It was That was one thing. It was actually when he got announced as the winner and he went up there, it was like one of those absolute imposter syndrome moments <laughs> where, you know, like why am I up here kind of scenario? Cause he, I mean, he shouldn't have gone, but yeah, whether the NRL was like, uh, what's less embarrassing, mm. um, you know, especially by that point, you know, the integrity unit was well aware there was already, it was already all over the news. There was already quotes and comments from people saying, yes, the integrity unit's, across it, et cetera, et cetera. But it was one of those, oh, I am so embarrassed to be standing here. What am I doing here? <laughs> this should have gone to someone else kind of look on the face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fucking terrible. Terrible. <laughs> just, well, just terrible. Um, uh, it's like I, the second no worst words. thing that's happened to the storm this year. <laughs> Remember, Second, when it was, yeah. remember when it, we beat the storm and we ended their their whole dynasty? That was fun. Yes, it was fun. <laughs> not not great for my elevated heart rate, but oh, anyway. No. Um, so, but in terms of the you know the the situation with Melbourne, which is still being investigated, and I think, yeah. but for the fact that it's grand final week, there would have been an outcome and a de- determination from the NRL by now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but completely understandable that they're sitting on it for a bit longer, and I've got no issues with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, you know, the projected punishment is that enough? Well, I, like I think because it's out of competition, that's mm. probably what saved them. And, and like, you know, also the fact that it's like prove what it was. And we were saying last mm. night that it was icing sugar because mm. we've got, we've got, we don't know if it wasn't, you know, exactly. and nobody at the end of the day. And that's all that. Unless law- they make admissions, nobody yeah. knows. And, and that's all a lawyer would do. would say, what did they have in the bag? And they'd be like, I don't know. And that's it. It's all over. So mm. I think that. The Which sl- is Munster's defense. Yeah. I don't remember anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, no shit. I'm not surprised based on the video. Remember. Dehydrated, lots of dancing. He was very forgetful. <laughs> I uh, some Gatorade. So I, I think that the the and it's still a whack of money, but for it to relatively be a slap on the wrist, 
I, I think is kind of, it's almost like a warning shot, I guess. Yeah, it it is interesting because it does look at that delineation between what the NRL is allowed to do and test for, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and what um, ASADA and WADA are allowed to do. So mm-hmm. ASADA and WADA can test the players at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, NRL can only test in competition. Yeah. Including preseason. Um, so if Asada came knocking at their door on, you know, the day after or whatever and mm. told them to pee in a cup, well, A, they'd have to comply and B, they'd be up shit creek. And mm. then they would be looking at obviously larger sanctions. And, you know, all these people are like, oh, Wendell Saylor got two years and blah, blah. It's like, firstly, that was when he was in rugby union. So totally different governing body. Yeah. But it was also not a union sanctioned test. It was through whatever the governing body was at the time. I don't know whether Asada was known as that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so different rules and therefore the punishment was different um, because of the different governing bodies. Um, I think, as I said to you, I would not want to be in their shoes with no. Craig Bellamy dealing with um, whatever local punishment will be dished out because that whatever the NRL was going to give, Melbourne will absolutely come in over the top of that and throw that way down the sink with whatever they give them. Yeah, I would, you know. Could this... you imagine copying a mouthful from Bellamy about this shit? <gasps> it wouldn't be fun. Me. It wouldn't be fun. I feel as though, like, Brandon Smith probably got one over, um, what's his name? I always forget his name, the other hooker. Um, Harry Grant. Harry Grant, that's it. I think he got one over him this year and probably took the lead in that race between the two. Now I would guess that the Storm, if if Brandon Smith comes to them and says, look, I've got this offer, and I would guess the Storm would look to do some sort of play swap deal now and sort of get him out of the club and, and it be something that they don't have to deal with going forward. And that's the thing. Like, has he just tarnished? You know, like he's... He's up for – he's he's on the table. He's up for offer. Like, mm. So, you know, from 1 November, it's supposed to be open slather on people trying to lure Brandon Smith to their club for, you know, 2023. Um, has he just jeopardised all of that? All I know is he already feels like a titan to me. <laughs> Fit right in. Um <laughs> But, you know, same as Munster as well, you know, like all, they, all they've mm. done, irrespective of what the substance is or isn't, mm. with some of that behaviour, and Munster, can I just say, yet again missing in a big game, yes. just saying, yes. um, clubs won't see their value. And, you know, somebody put on Twitter this week, and I'd totally forgotten about this, mm-hmm. you know, a few years ago, Michael Maguire dumped Brandon Smith from a New Zealand team because of something that had happened in camp and it was not aligned to the values. Now, nobody really knows what. Yeah. So exactly. And you kind of forget about it because it wasn't really spoken about. It clearly wasn't a big enough issue for it to necessarily be spoken about in the media, in the mainstream, Mm -hmm. but it was just this, you know, yet we've left Brandon Smith out, you know, just, blah, 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 something's happened, whatever, this is the way we're going. And it was very much swept under the rug. But when you pull that out now and you've got this and, 
he's a cheeky guy and that's yeah. what everyone loves about him. Like he really flirts with that larrikin um, persona that we really love in rugby yeah. league, but sometimes yeah. it appears it just goes too far. Munster's the same. Um, the problem with Munster, though, is it also goes that way on the field and he does stupid shit and then costs your team games. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll be really fascinating to see how that um, – and Reese Walsh, you know, how that all plays out over the next um, little bit. It really will and and – Hopefully it's the last really controversial thing that happens in rugby league touch wood oh, off the field. Um, I'm you sure put it, it will out be. there for people to hear. I What's think, wrong with you? <laughs> I think that rugby league is not going to have a single controversy between the end of the grand final and the kickoff of the new season. There, I said it. I have one word for you. Yes. Vaccination. Seriously, I've been watching what's been going on in the NBA and they've started their uh, media days, which is basically the official kickoff of their preseason. And it was just 100 percent vaccination stuff. Mm -hmm. Who's been vaccinated? Who hasn't? Mm -hmm. It's everyone's choice. But the people that aren't vaccinated are getting pressured and blah, blah. Oh, my God. And when I've been listening to it. I've just been like, this is just what's going to happen in rugby league in about five and a half months from now. Exactly. I mean, it's already starting to kind of happen with um, what the Bulldogs have basically said to their players and staff this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and it's not just rugby league, it's everywhere. You've obviously got workplaces that are mandating, obviously the government is mandating that aged care workers need to be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh that's the federal government. The New South Wales government is mandating that teachers need to be vaccinated. You've got businesses coming out saying we expect all our staff to be vaccinated. So these discussions are obviously ongoing in society generally. Yeah. Um, you know, and rugby league as a business is no different. Um, holy crap, it is going to be an absolute minefield. It's going to be so gross. Because how do you, you know, they're talking about there might still need to be some kind of bubble scenario because of players who choose to not be vaccinated um, and therefore they may not be able to travel if that's the case. And so then do we need more than a 30-man squad? And I'm like, I'm listening to some of these things going, oh, my brain hurts. (laughs) This is, you know, that's a lot to try and dissect. (laughs) Um, Look, I know here at the podcast studios, we made sure all of our interns got vaccinated twice over. So they, they had to have Pfizer and they had to have the other one, the AstraZeneca. Well, and um, now they're on the wait list for the Moderna, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just need to be doubly sure. Yeah. And like we already had them wearing masks before the, the pandemic even come around because we didn't want them to show their face. Like we don't care about seeing their faces. <laughs> so we like them to be just like NPCs. Um, they, they're supposed to have no personality because uh, we're the talent, you know. They, they're not the talent. We're the talent. So, yeah, we, we, we really enforce that pretty pretty uh, harshly here at the podcast studio. But, you know, in the rest of society, uh, I, I believe in freedom. People can do what they like. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to discriminate. That's, that's the ability of not living under King Jong-un. Yes, um, yes. 
do what you like. Although it kind of doesn't feel that way right now, but <laughs> <laughs> the way I, I feel just... like a massive hypocrite saying that. <laughs> Look, the way I describe it to the interns, if you think you can get unpaid work somewhere else, you go and do it. I'm I'm giving them an opportunity here, and they shouldn't what? waste it away. Are the, are the eels still looking for a uh, social media manager? Oh, they're always looking for a social media manager, hey? It's kind of always weird. Always unpaid, always. Yeah, yeah. Same as the Tigers are always looking for unpaid events people. Yeah. Well, they, you know, their CEO should be doing his job unpaid. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere get me started on the centre of excellence. Somewhere out there, Andrew just went, I feel like I'm agreeing with something. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It is my pleasure. Um, We will do another podcast next week. Uh, Hopefully it is a happy, joyful podcast. And uh, yeah. I just had Ren and Stimpy run through my head. Why? Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, (laughs) joy, joy. I bet that, I bet when you look back at that cartoon, it's really fucked up. Ren and Uh, Stimpy. Oh, it's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to be a certain age to understand the reference to Ren and Stimpy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I've you got to be like, my age. <laughs> you got to be like in your late twenties. Hundred percent late twenties. Thank you for coming on. And look, you a couple of weeks ago, you sent me a lovely gift of three pop finals that I didn't have. One of them I didn't even know existed, and was just like so overwhelmed, and it made me so happy, and it it uh, helped me. Because uh, I was pretty down about something that had happened in my personal life, and um, I just wanted to thank you on the podcast because you've been an absolute tower of strength for me, and I can never ever thank you enough, and I'll never forget it. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Not necessary, but thank you. <laughs> and just be prepared because you're going to have to smoke all of the meats when this lockdown <laughs> is over. And there's not going to be enough brisket in Penrith because I every time you've shown the brisket, I've been like, oh, my God. Brisket, just, pork, turkey, uh, do all of it. Salmon, oh. barramundi, oh. ribs, <laughs> chicken wings. Damn. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, my body is ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can people find you? Um. Right now, I'm struggling to move, so I'd probably be easy to find. But um, on Twitter, <laughs> I can be found at NLC081. A uh, lot of Penrith content this week, not going to lie. Uh, yes. And you can also um, usually, you know, get in contact on the Fergo Freak Pod Instagram account because, you know, I try to show that some love when my paid employer doesn't demand so much of my time. You run it amazingly well, and I see, like, I've got my Instagram account, and I use it, and then I see things you've done, and I feel like I'm doing 10% of Instagram. Like, I feel like I just don't even know what I'm doing. It's like when I first joined Twitter, and I didn't realize people were applying to what I was putting out, because <laughs> I would just send, I would do it, you know, how you could used to be able to just send a tweet? Well, mm-hmm. I would just, a, a text, sorry. So I would just send what I wanted to say via texts. And then I logged in about eight months later and realised people had been replying to everything I'd been saying. (sighs) Mm. So much to learn. I know, right? I know, right? And where can people find you, Freaky? Well, I I have a website and it's called leaguefreak.com. 
and it's been around for a little bit. And so people can find me there. They can find me on Twitter at, at League Freak No Spaces. And there's also a Facebook page. Uh, what else have I got? Just go to leaguefreak.com. You can find it all there. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that the next time we talk like this, we're like just fangirling over everything and we're all happy and that it's just greatness. So yes. fingers crossed. Yes. Agreed. Let's go, Panthers. Yeah, let's get this one done. Uh, Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to Nadine for coming on once again. And we will catch you for the next episode, which will be the official grand final preview. And then after that, it's going to be the big one, the grand final review. So it's been a big week on the podcast. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening.